Welcome to the Yoga Living Podcast. <laughs> I almost forgot what I was saying. What's happening? Yoga Living Project Podcast. This week, we've got a special guest and instructor at Cambio, Kara Galvin, where we will be talking about... Uh, this is a two-parter. It's a two-for-one. You get a conversation about curvy yoga and yoga for cancer. And I think... What's really interesting about this conversation is that we find out that um, really the big theme in all these podcasts that we've been that I've been kind of uncovering is that yoga is just for people. Whatever the person's needs are, that's what yoga must adapt itself to meet. Um, and, I, and this one's no different. In fact, this one I love. Kara's got such a great energy. She's so open. So warm, so sweet, just like honey. I hope you enjoy the conversation. And um, as always, namaste. Kara, how are you? I'm doing great, Austin. How are you? I'm good. Uh, so, you are our resident in, in not training, but in uh, what would you say, in excellence? Performing. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it's excellent, but <laughs> absolutely. So you, so we're gonna talk about curvy yoga today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So what is curvy yoga? So curvy yoga is a yoga class that's designed specifically for women who are plus size. So there's so much, um, you know, anytime you look at anything yoga-y, it has a super thin, (laughs) young, white woman (laughs) 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 on the front of the cover of a magazine or So other people do yoga too? Uh, People other than, yes, thin, young, white women do yoga. (laughs) That's good to know. Yeah. One might not expect that. No. But, uh, you know, the idea behind Curvy is to make it very uh, safe. Mm-hmm. and accessible mm-hmm. and empowering for women who are not thin. Cool. Awesome. So do you know how it started or how long it's been around? You or? know, there it's been a quote-unquote big movement, uh-huh. <laughs> no pun intended, um, <laughs> for, um, for a couple of years now. I think there's always been, you know, curvy yogis out there, but just within the last couple of years... Uh, it's making a, a bigger sweep across the country. There's actually a yoga studio in Oregon called Fat Yoga, oh. and there's reverse discrimination if a thin person tries to walk through that door, which is very weird. But only in clearly that's Oregon. not well. Clearly that's not happening here. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. wow. Uh, so how did you get started with Curvy Yoga? I found the um, founder of CurvyYoga.com is Anna Guest Jelly. You would love her. Mm. She is a yoga. She's a 500 hour. Mm-hmm. Um, she is also has two master's degrees, and she's a prolific writer and excellent speaker. Mm. So I just came across her probably on Facebook, and they had uh, they were offering a, a teacher training for. Mm teachers that were, you know, yoga teachers that are already 200 hours certified. Mm -hmm. And I was like, heck yeah, sign me up. Mm -hmm. Um, 
she's in Nashville. She owned a studio for a while, but uh, she just kind of takes you through everything you need to know to teach to people who are not super thin and maybe not all that flexible and might not have exercised that much mm. in their life and try to make it safe and accessible and empowering. It's all about body acceptance and mm. there are no messages of weight loss in this class mm-hmm. at all. It's about loving you, loving yourself where you're at. Oh, okay. And so, that yoga is for every body. And so it does have some, yeah, some, so it's based off of the tenets of yoga, just acceptance. Yes. and Yeah. But it's different. It's like I've seen the studios for like curves and stuff like that, right? Yeah. Like, so this is kind of a movement in the fitness world. I think so. Anyway, it's but more this inclusive. Is different. Yeah. Yeah. And I know we do, you know, so many things here at Cameo to be inclusive to as many people as possible. You know, there's yeah. a million different styles of yoga here. Yeah. yeah. Um, so to be able to offer one that's for yet another segment of the population and the segment of the population that really needs body acceptance and body love and yeah. getting in touch with their, you know, their so, physical self. Well, and how do you go about that as a teacher? I mean, is it, you know, like what, what have you learned? What, what did, what were you taught originally? And then since you've been doing it, yeah. how have you refined that process? I think the biggest thing that you're taught is, um, to be safe. That's probably the biggest thing. So ways that we do that mm-hmm. is we don't do a lot of up and down off the ground. Mm. We teach this t- 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 taught this class. This class is taught in planes. So when mm. you're sitting, we do sitting postures. Mm-hmm. Then we do kneeling postures. Then we do standing postures. We don't do like you would in a typical vinyasa class where you're, you know, up, down, up, down, off, off the floor. Mm-hmm. Um, because sometimes getting up and down off the floor is challenging. So yeah. I want to take that at a very safe, slow pace. Mm-hmm. Um, and just getting in touch with body awareness too, um, and knowing where your edge is. We, we're kind of, when it comes to a physical movement, a lot of times where we want to do better or we want to do it right, or we want to do it more perfect mm-hmm. and yoga is not about that at mm-hmm. all. So someone with no yoga experience that comes into a physical practice has that mentality of like, Oh, I need to keep up with the class. So I don't want to, mm-hmm. you know, I don't want to fall behind, but in fact, that's not very safe. So, so now it's not like so. You mentioned that there's not this um, languaging around losing weight or any of that. It's not more that. about acceptance. Mm-hmm. Um, but is there anything within curvy yoga in terms of like? Uh, I guess do people who do curvy yoga do normal yoga, or is it can it sometimes be a step for them towards it, that? It or? could be, yeah. I mean, you could do curvy yoga all of your life and be happy in that class. Yeah, um, I definitely encourage people to try different styles because, you know, sometimes vinyasa is your favorite style, or oh, you'll get hooked on yoga nidra, or you'll get hooked on yin, or what have you. So, mm-hmm. I mean, yoga just has so many different options to choose from yeah that yes you could stay in one class all all of your life but why not you know order yeah. for other things from, from the menu <laughs> right well and how long so how long have you been teaching curvy yoga let's see i have been teaching curvy yoga i think that i took the curvy yoga training probably was that's a good question it was at least three years ago okay yeah so have you seen much of a i guess a sea change in terms of not just the the i don't know if it's Okay, is it curvy community? Yeah. Yeah? Okay. So not just in in them, like, well, let's start there. So what what is that community like? That community is all about uh, self-love. Okay. Yeah. And cool. not being held back from yeah. doing anything based mm. on 
the size of your jeans. Yeah. Um, you know, it's awesome. like, what if, what if we let, what if someone like Oprah let the size of her jeans stop her from doing what she wanted to do? Oh, that's good. You may or may not be a good, big fan of Oprah. No, I like Oprah. <laughs> I like her. I love Oprah. You know, she's what's empowered not, not a lot of people. What's I know. The, yeah, there's nothing. But sometimes, you know, I've, I've struggled with my weight for years, mm-hmm. decades, uh, after, from college on, I guess. And there have been many times when I've let that stop me mm. from doing things that I wanted to do, whether that meant going after a job I wanted to go after or going after a guy I wanted to go after. And I've met Mr. Wright, so that no longer applies. But, um, <laughs> or, you know, public speaking, whatever it is, mm-hmm. like it's just, it's putting that, that aspect of your life aside and just focusing on, you know, chasing your gene, your dreams mm-hmm. versus the size of your jeans. Mm, that's good. Oh, that's a good tagline. That, a good tagline. that could be the curvy yoga tagline. It could. I'll call Anna and see what she it's says. It's about chasing your dreams, not the size <laughs> of your jeans. <laughs> so at what point then in your own journey did you turn a corner in terms of from being a person who was scared to put yourself out there to being empowered and so much to the point where you're, you know, you're holding space for these people to find their own self-acceptance and self-love in this yeah. way. So how did that... Well, I don't know when that happened. I'm not even sure if it has happened. <laughs> I just kind of fall forward, you know? Like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing, but let's stand up and teach other people <laughs> what to do. But yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't even know if there was... I mean, I struggle with body acceptance on a daily basis. Yeah. Um, I always want to be healthier. I always want to, you know, look better. But I've kind of left that... Um, the the part about not pursuing things because of that mm-hmm. that has gone fallen away but There's, i have no idea when that was that's a very good question or how it happened or how it happened it's sort of a you know inch by inch process so there wasn't like a defining moment where you like made a pact to yourself where you're like i'm never going to let this happen again it was just something that you grew out of almost. yeah maybe i should make or that matured pact right into. now yeah <laughs> oh i like the falling forward thing because that is a like, thing yeah Nobody's perfect, you know, progress, not perfection. I'm going to screw some stuff up on a regular basis. So yeah. just accept that. Well, and, you know, I think everyone can relate to this in terms of just self-acceptance, in terms of the topic of self-acceptance. I mean, um, it's just an interesting thing how, you know, we're dealt, sometimes the cards we're dealt with and how sometimes we react and, and then sometimes how that affects things or doesn't affect things. And it's it's very interesting Oftentimes, most oftentimes, how little really is in our control. Yeah, we are. What do you do with the cards that you're dealt? You can't choose the family you were born into or, Mm -hmm. you know, what? yeah, there's a lot of that. Well, and even, I mean, you know, sometimes you can allow the cards that you're dealt with to hold you back from doing anything about it. And sometimes you are motivated to do something about it. And yet it doesn't always seem to include the results that you're after you know yeah i think you have when you're faced with a challenge like that you're faced with two things you can either go into victim mode oh well it's me mm-hmm. this is gonna hold me back mm-hmm. or go into empowered mode and say eh, whatever just and gonna, just keep moving forward just keep moving forward to what i want to do what you know what was i put on earth to do let's do that yeah wow um so take me inside of like um how you how you how you approach the languaging, how you approach the conversation with somebody. Yeah, so the languaging is very important. We mm-hmm. talked a lot about that. Um, so you know how sometimes when you're in a yoga class and a teacher will instruct you to do like 
pigeon, for instance. Mm -hmm. And we know it typically pigeon is, you know, facing down, prone position. Mm -hmm. um, but that's just one version of okay. pigeon. And rarely is that version, any other version of pigeon offered in that particular class. It's usually like, this is what it looks like. Maybe they offer you a block, maybe they don't. Right. <laughs> um, so in Curvy, we always teach the most modified version of the pose first, mm -hmm. and then work towards um, deeper version expressions of the pose. Mm. So rather than saying, if you can't do this, back off and do this, the easier, quote unquote, easier version of the pose, we start with the easiest version of the pose mm. and then try and go a little bit deeper if someone would like to try that, if that feels good in their body that day. Mm -hmm. Maybe you maybe you felt comfortable in that pose yesterday, but no way in hell are you gonna do it today <laughs> if you yeah. got on an airplane or didn't sleep well or what have you. So it's just honoring the body you brought to the mat today yeah. um, with the energy level that you brought, with the flexibility that you brought. and. So how do you as a teacher establish that? Because, it, I mean, is it something you express explicitly? Um, or, you know, how do you, I mean, because you've become, you know, I mean, your classes do really well. And, Thanks. you know, you, you have become a leader in this community in a way that, you know, I think that is really um, inspiring. Well, thank you. And, and inspirational as well. So um, what I mean by it's inspiring to me because, you know, I'm on the outside of it looking in and seeing how, you know, they, when you're talking to your students, like they are listening to you, like in a, in a deep way, like they really take the time to engage and listen beyond just like hearing you, you know, and, um, but I also think that it's, and that is part and parcel because they're inspired by you, you know? Well, I mean, if, if a skinny person taught this class, it wouldn't work. <laughs> I mean, there are skinny people who teach curvy yoga but to me oh they are it's not it's not that relatable yeah i find it very uh, yeah it's relatable i think yeah yeah I, and I i'm right that. there with them i'm in that struggle daily too i don't have this all figured out right and that's just one piece of it right yeah. of life is just the way we look yeah and how yeah. to deal with the stuff that we're born into the genes yeah yeah that's really interesting because i think that um there seems to be this thing in yoga where uh, I noticed in my teacher training there was uh, another guy in there who was really good at all the yoga poses. Like he could just—I mean, he could do everything. And I was never like a good yoga poser. You know what I mean? Like I wasn't. I, you weren't a yoga poser. Yeah. Well, I was—I it took me a lot of work and a lot of effort to get to the level where my practice is today, which is like. I know that my practice is probably like maxed out. Like I'm never going to be the kind of guy who's like putting his leg behind his head and doing crazy stuff, and that's fine. A lot of people do look at my practice and they think, "Oh, you're strong or you're flexible," but um, you know, we all know it's on this sliding scale, right? All this to say that it was really interesting after teacher training how my limitations physically gave me a lot. Of information in terms of teaching students how to do things because I was going through the process of learning it as well versus being given the ability to do it and never having to go through the struggle of it to mm. teach that to get there work your way hard work to get there right and yeah. so like I and I've seen that fellow teacher trainee or graduate now I guess um, you know he's become a good teacher but it he definitely had to go about it a totally different way so it's really interesting what you say about how, like, you know, it wouldn't be the same if, you know, if you were this thin 
young white teeny woman. Teeny tiny, yeah. Well, I remember in my original teacher training in 2010, there were two women in the class, one of which was a ballet dancer with the Denver performing, mm. I don't remember, Denver Ballet, I guess. Mm -hmm. And she was itty bitty and crazy flexible mm -hmm. and could do anything, <laughs> including yeah. putting her head behind, you know, putting her, her foot behind her head. Uh -huh. And she struggled with not being relatable. Yeah. You know, and being like, oh, I'm never going to be able to do that. Right. And so how did she, how did she had to learn, like, like this guy probably had to learn. Yeah. How to back off a little and yeah. be more um, accessible. Right. To all of the, to the average Joe that could attain a post. Yeah, because it gives you a bit of an insider's view of like, well, how do you get to that finished product? Even though that's not the goal is to stick the leg behind the head. But, yeah. you know, a lot of times, like, I think that even in like, you know, pop culture, we love seeing how the cake is baked mm -hmm. nowadays. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not enough just DIY to eat the cake. Shows yeah. And well, shows, yeah. what's the one website that my sister's always recommending to me? Is it? It's not Etsy. It's um, Pinterest. Pinterest? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, Pinterest, I'm a Pinterest is just addict. bonkers, right? It is. Yeah. Um, and speaking of that, hmm. I go out of my way to pin posts of curvy yogis. Because that's oh, okay. one of the one of the places. And when I first started coming across photos of curvy yogis, mm -hmm. I was like, "Oh, oh gosh, you know, oh look at that. That's, that's different. That's not what it's supposed <laughs> to look like. That's not what it's supposed to look like. Exactly. Like, oh, that's different. And I desensitized myself. And now, in my own social media, I try to post as many photos as of plus size women doing yoga as I can possibly post, so that it starts to become part of the norm of something mm -hmm. that you see isn't that interesting that you even you had to desensitize yourself to it like somebody who you know yeah. in the mirror this is the same person you know you may see or you know of course i don't know we all look at ourselves and see something different too yep. than what is really there as well but um yeah I, it is a shame that that's that they're i don't know i guess this is the double-edged blade the whole idea of beauty and yoga yeah because Beauty can get the person to come to the mat and eventually learn some of the deeper unfoldings of yoga, right? Um, and then even learn that beauty is something beyond what may have led them to th on in thinking what beauty was in the first place. Well, and that's totally what brought me to yoga. I mean, what brought me to yoga originally was exercise, fitness. Yeah. You know, like a girlfriend was going, she's like, "This, you would like this. I'm like, all right, I'll try it. Uh -huh. And I tried it. I'm like, this is fun. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it felt like things I did as a kid, you know, as a gymnast, yeah, right. as a kid. So I was like, "Woo, this is great. This is really fun. I was the largest person in the room uh -huh. and that was okay because yeah. it was the fun that drew me. And then, you know, years later, this is not about the poses at all, mm -hmm. you know, whether or not you ever do a yoga pose. In fact, I went to a, um, I spent my 43, 40th birthday at a yoga retreat in Thailand. Mm -hmm. And there was one gal awesome. there. Oh, so great. There was one gal there who never set foot on her mat. Here she was. She had paid the full amount to be there for a week. And she's like, I don't practice the pose part of yoga. I practice all the other parts. And my mind was kind of blown by that. But there she was. She just sat in the back of the room while everybody else huh. did the poses. And she got just as much out of it as everybody else did. So. That's definitely a inversion of the cliche yeah the convention is the other way around most people just practice the poses and it takes a long time for that initiation of the, the deeper layers or the more subversive layers of yoga yeah 
it grabs you though little by little you know little by little it sucks you in yeah and then you maybe you'll buy a book yeah you know or maybe you'll read an article in or, yoga journal or get lucky enough to go on a retreat or because do that, that is yeah. early in my yoga like experience like when i first started i i got lucky enough to go on a retreat and that was so life changing wow. going on a yoga retreat yeah yeah awesome. oh yeah amazing yeah. um so well then how do you so how do you bring that in to the curvy class so you know you've got this level of kind of implicit self acceptance built in to where it's like hey just do you know the, start with the easiest and then work into it to wherever you feel like it um, it feels good to you today yeah and so does every is everything in terms of that message of self acceptance just kind of grow out of that it is and the theming is really important hmm. too so the quotes that I use or the yeah, you theme, do a lot of cool stuff I do I brought a Scrabble game into class last week just like how did you use that I, it was so how we used the Scrabble game um, was we all chose a letter mm-hmm. and tried to write as many words down as we could with that had that letter in it and then see if one of those were and most people got at least 10 maybe more mm-hmm. and then which word jumped out at you that could you you could use as your theme for the class, your intention oh, for the class that day. That's awesome. Um, and the message was with the Scrabble theme is words are important. Mm-hmm. They don't have this always have the same value mm. because whether the, you get an X or an E, <laughs> they have different values. Um, and uh, what was the third, third? Third. Wait, what do you mean you get an X or an E? Like- so depending, you know, when you're playing Scrabble. Mm. Oh, oh, the tiles like yeah, the yeah. letters the are worth yeah. different amounts, mm-hmm. and then if depending on what place on the board you play them it may be a more valuable triple score triple word score exactly Mm -hmm. so words are important they don't all have the same value um and i completely forgot well no wonder you get all these people to come back (laughs) in all the time it'll come to you but you i saw you gathering paper i was wondering i was like what is she doing last week there's always something weird yeah there's always well in the we practice in the smallest room here so i can only have 10 people so in the beginning i felt like that was holding me back but now i'm like you can do things Mm. with 10 or less people that you can't do in a class with 28 yeah where do you get these where did you get the scrabble idea was that your own that one came from a podcast from the old church i went to when i lived in ashburn virginia okay so i yeah i get ideas from all over the place but so do you teach now i know you teach the Cancer for Wellness Yoga. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And do you teach other classes? Kids Yoga. Kids Yoga. Yep. Which okay. is hilarious. Yeah. So preschoolers, they're my favorite. <laughs> and then uh, they're my favorite because a parent is usually with them. Right. <laughs> so it calms the otherwise chaos. they'd be the hardest. <laughs> yes. And then I teach uh, yoga in classrooms first in schools, in elementary schools. Oh, okay, cool. And that's a lot of fun too. Yeah. But then I'm the only adult in the room and that can get a little hairy. <laughs> but <laughs> it's fun. <laughs> You don't have the same kind of uh, discipline issues in a curvy class. Yeah, they're le- much more cooperative. Yeah, they're, they're motivated to be there. <laughs> they and, are, yeah, and, for the most part. Well, and I mean, but at the end of the day, it has to be fun or I don't want to do it. Yeah. So curvy classes have to be fun. Cancer wellness yoga has to be fun or it's not of interest to me. So Yeah. Well, I think let's let's talk about the cancer for wellness class a little bit sure. if we could shift gears. So sure. um, what... Um, now, how did this start for you, and, and who was your teacher, when did you get yeah. it done? And- so I, this started, I was diagnosed with breast cancer uh, a month after my son turned one. So it was like, holy crap, <laughs> this is not what I had planned. Um, so I uh, went through a little over a year's worth of treatment, mm-hmm. the whole nine yards, 
chemo, radiation, four surgeries, reconstruction. Mm -hmm. um, and I, there was not a lot of asana practice going on mm -hmm. during that time frame. There was a lot I wasn't allowed to do during that time frame. But I really laid, relied heavily on all of the other parts of yoga, the spiritual, the philosophical. I listened to a ridiculous amount of guided meditations on healing and that kind of mm. stuff. Um, so yoga really, yeah, thank God they were there. Yeah. I know, because it got me through. Um, and then just all of the principles of yoga, like when, when someone gets diagnosed with cancer, you start getting all of, people give you gifts. And a lot of people gave me these fight, you know, fight cancer shirts or fight like a girl. Oh. And, you know, and that's oh, what yeah. you do, right? right. That, that's mm -hmm. the common response is to fight it. And about halfway through the treatment, I didn't have fight in me, mm. but I had nurture in me. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, instead of fighting cancer, could I just nurture my body and find healing that way? Mm -hmm. And I had a friend who said to me on my first day of chemo, she said, don't think of it like, you know, like there's lots of visualizations around chemo. Some people say like, oh, think of it as little ninjas released in your body that are fighting the cancer or like a Pac-Man gobbling up the mm -hmm. cancer. She said to me, she's like gentle rain. She's like, think mm -hmm. of chemo as a gentle rain just wow. rinsing yourself clear of the cancer cells and that what that spoke to me that's good versus an aggressive you know that was a like an accepting right. let things let things happen versus an aggressive you know pick up your sword yeah warrior kind of thing and i relate to both aspects of that but at that point in time i didn't have it in me to fight i had to you need a new strategy yeah i needed a new strategy i needed something that was loving and uh calming and whatever. well and almost even accepting accepting i mean it you're you, you know you didn't say it but it's like you're saying around the whole concept of curvy yoga it's like acceptance and this was the card i was dealt yeah yeah i can't change it so what year was this that was 2015 okay so just a few and then so then you Found it. Found. So I actually, I did. So then I found this was really cool. So my first physical therapy appointment mm -hmm. after my fourth surgery, they hand me this sheet of paper. You know, if you've ever been to physical therapy, like mm -hmm. they give you this printout of these are all the exercises mm -hmm. and we want you to do this one, this one, this one, and six times or whatever. And I was like, oh, yoga pose, yoga pose, yoga pose, yoga pose, yoga pose, yoga pose. <laughs> Everything on that sheet was yoga pose listed under a different name. So I was like, well, then I could just do yoga <laughs> instead of coming to PT. And she's like, well, I guess. I was like, well, okay, that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> but it was really funny. To, it looked like my teacher training. Yeah, you know, <laughs> right. like the pose. You know, You're drawings like, oh, of the poses. So, you know, they just called them different names. So uh -huh. I was like, oh, well, great. I know how to do this then. Mm -hmm. um, so that was cool. And most of those were designed around pumping your lymphatic fluid mm -hmm. through your system, which is really important for anybody, but especially for uh, cancer survivors, and especially they took several lymph nodes out of my armpit. So mm -hmm. I was, I'm, at, I'm at a risk. Most, most, they do that with most breast cancer patients. So they're at a risk for lymphedema. So keeping your lymph fluid moving is important. Yeah. So. Yeah. And well, that's interesting because it's like, that's the kind of the heart of Ayurveda, the sister science of yoga is that mm -hmm. the lymph is the, the starting place for health and wellness. Yeah. Flushing everything through, mm -hmm. detoxing it all. Yeah. So then how did you go from the experience to then 
offering it. Offering it. Well, my husband said, hey, another niche. (laughs) I was like, yeah, not what I wanted. Um, I actually, I haven't taken a cancer wellness uh, official teacher Mm -hmm. training. There are several that I want to take, but they're expensive and far from here. Yeah. and uh, so what, what I have done is a couple of like personal trainings and two, two books that I really like. One is a woman named Tari Prinster who's out of New York. Mm-hmm. She only teaches yoga to cancer survivors and she is a survivor herself. Um, And she has her poses, which I use a ton of in the cancer wellness yoga classes, Mm -hmm. are mashups between physical therapy exercises and traditional yoga poses. Oh, cool. Kind of squished together to make unofficial cancer wellness (laughs) yoga poses. Um, But again, designed on getting your blood pumping, improving your range of motion after a surgery, once your doc has given you the okay to exercise. Mm -hmm. Um, And a lot of it is what's going on in, in your head, in your heart. Talk about that. Yeah, talk about that victim versus empowered mentality. Mm -hmm. It's okay, yeah, I had cancer, but I'm not going to let this define my life. Mm. Onward and upward, Mm -hmm. I can still do yoga. I mean, it takes a while. It It took me a while to get back to physical physical, um, practice Yeah. after it. Well, yeah, and I I feel like that something like that, too, um, that is unique about yoga that it offers is the ability for, like, whole rest. Like complete rest, yeah. You know, in the body, you know, we do heal and we do rest and sleep. But you know, if we're dreaming about ninjas fighting in our body, it's going to be tough to get yeah. the full, you know, effect of rest when we're sleeping. And yoga, I mean, that's one of the beautiful things about yoga is that you know you can click into this kind of in between space of the sympathetic nervous system and the parasympathetic nervous system where. There's a consciousness while the body is allowing the nervous system to uncoil from a trauma or whatever it might be. Um, I mean, I've seen this happen a lot of times with my students or even myself. The restorative effects of yoga Mm -hmm. are just, you know, a lot of people like you started in the first place was like, oh, I want to get in shape and I want to, you know, feel good. But it's just so it's so lacking the conversation in our culture about how everything is about results and, Mm. and all of those results are predicated on effort to achieve them. And there's some things like your necklace, like the yin yang right there, that symbol, it's like, you know, sometimes we have to let go in order to receive, to be receptive. Mm. Yeah. Our society does not encourage us to be still. No. And that's where the magic happens is when you're still. It is where the magic happens, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So so tell me about what a Cancer for Wellness class is like. Yeah. So those, we start out on the floor. Again, we're teaching, I'm teaching in planes, so mm-hmm. not a lot of up, down, up, down. Um, it can be also be taught, anyone has the option to do it in a chair as well mm-hmm. as on the mat. Um, I teach a chair-only class at Penrose Hospital occasionally mm-hmm. as well, too. Mm-hmm. But it's that's, again, to make it designed to be as accessible as possible. There's a couple ladies in that class that are on oxygen, and, you know, if there wasn't a chair there, they wouldn't be able to attend the class. Right. So yeah. <laughs> it works out great. Yeah. Um, so we start with, uh, always start with a guided visualization of some sort or an intention mm-hmm. setting just like you would in a regular yoga class mm-hmm. and that usually those themes are, vo- are um, usually focused on healing um, mm-hmm. both physically and spiritually and emotionally mm-hmm. heal 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 that's kind of the, the <laughs> that's our theme. theme just various versions of how, how can I heal myself 
Um, and so are people coming to these classes pre, like during treatment, post-cancer, pre-cancer? Either. Okay. Um, it depends on what their doctor has told them to do. So lots of people who are in treatment, their doctors mm. don't want them in public places like a studio because there's too many germs in oh, public yeah. places. Oh, their immune system is so... Yeah, their immune system is super compromised. Mm-hmm. Um, so I actually teach an online vir- in my virtual studio on Sunday oh. nights, and that was That's designed great. around doing yoga with a group where you can see and hear everybody and we're live, but you're in the comfort of your own home. So you're not out in public picking up germs at the... Oh, that's awesome. Wherever, surfaces yeah. and stuff and on a mat and yeah. what have you. Yeah, so so the, so the we do a lot. Of, so we start with an intention, which is usually healing. We go through f- poses on the floor, lots of those Terry Prinster poses that are... The mashups. Um, the mashups. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we do some standing postures, which are either uh, in a chair or standing in the you know the middle of the room or hand against the wall. Do mm-hmm. a lot of those. Um, do a lot of uh, balancing postures too, because that's something that needs usually needs to be worked on mm-hmm. after treatment. I did the um, the YMCA's Live Strong program, mm-hmm. and one of the things they did at the beginning and the end is they measured your balance how long you could stand on, how many seconds you could stand on one foot in the beginning. And then you go through the 12-week program, and then they measure your balance again at the end. Oh, that's cool. So lots of people. You know, it's just balance is important. You don't want any falls. Yeah. As you age, or we live in Colorado, and, you know, there's ice. Fall right (laughs) down Pikes Peak. That's what people think. It just, yeah, like there's no, you do not want to fall. Yeah. And when when you're in treatment and you are, your body is weakened, Mm-hmm. The chances are higher that you're going to do that. So we really work on balance, and then we I do like to do a nice long shavasana in that class too. Mm-hmm. Again, focused on healing, bringing that theme back. So and create some rest, like you mentioned. Yeah. So what um, what types of ops? I'm sure there's some like obstacles in terms of in a class you may have two people at two very different stages. True. With that, so how do you navigate that? dissonance or again you go you teach the simplest version of the Mm -hmm. pose first Mm -hmm. and then offer options if they'd like to go in a you know in a different direction Mm -hmm. or deeper or that languaging is tricky too like right like you don't want to say if you want more do this (laughs) because then people's brains go oh i can't do that or oh i i can't Mm -hmm. i'm sticking with the baby yoga and stick instead of the How, how to language it Neutrally, yeah, neutrally. without creating a positive or negative connotation. And that's connotation. true of any yoga class. Mm-hmm. That is hard. Yeah. That is a hard one. That is hard. Yeah. yeah. So again, falling forward, I'm sure I say things I shouldn't say on a regular basis. Well, but I think <laughs> I think some of that gets fleshed out. Um, the difference of that gets fleshed out based on number one, your intention. Number two how you embody that intention and number three how vulnerable you are and willing to share yourself with your students so if you create that relationship with your students you may say something that you know maybe isn't the most appropriate but they understand you know they give you a pass yeah on it because they've gotten to know you yeah they realize that it's like it's you know yeah and then there's other times where they don't give you a pass (laughs) then they come to you yeah then they come to (laughs) me and I hear all about it um (laughs) It's usually me, the one who they're complaining about, so that's okay. Oh, no. Um, no. <laughs> Hardly. Um, so it sounds like there's a lot of parallels between the two styles. And like, I just realized that as we were talking. Yeah, it sounds <laughs> like they're point. very similar, especially in, well, 
the obvious of self-acceptance, but in terms of like your job, of what you're really doing in terms of holding space for them in this very unique way and creating a safe environment for their experience to unfold and however it needs to. Um, and I think that that is, and again, as we've said, this is something I think that every yoga teacher needs to do, right? Because if you impose your will on, you know, how a warrior two should feel for even the general audience, um, you know, you're going to lose half of your class, What's or, if not like more. What's it feel like for them? Yeah. Right. So how yeah, do you but... how do you make sure that you do that without um, without becoming just a nervous wreck about second guessing yourself? I think I just become a nervous wreck about second oh, guessing. Oh, good. Good. <laughs> so you do it the way we all do it. Just wing it. Yeah. I <laughs> no, I mean, I always have a plan, but you got to have a backup plan. Yeah. 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 I mean, like you said, with the you know people at varying levels of abilities Mm -hmm. like just the class I taught at the hospital this weekend there was one woman who was on oxygen and another woman who Mm. could is in way better shape than I am and could probably hike up Pikes Peak oh really but they're both there for the same reason yeah they're there for camaraderie oh yeah and meeting like it it, those classes kind of turn into a mini support group Mm -hmm. one of the gals has invited the entire um, class up to her cabin in the mountains for a little day retreat. You know, it becomes cool, a, like a club. Yeah, like the cancer club, the club no one ever wants to be in. But once you're in, there's actually a lot of cool people. Yeah, better cancer yeah. survivors. <laughs> so, what was that thunder? Yeah, I think it was. Thunder. Oh wow. Um, One other thing I was going to yeah. say is um, the other piece that was really important for me from mm-hmm. a safety perspective, both mostly in teaching cancer wellness is I did the silver sneakers training program. Oh yeah. Do you know much about that? Uh, yeah, I know that it's for silver sneaker crowd. Yeah. yeah. No, that's about it. Older. Uh-huh. Yeah. I did that through the YMCA and learned a ton from that. In fact, I, I and then I took a, a chair yoga class from Suzanne Bishop. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. We did a one-on-one. So you learn, it sounds like you learn not just what to do physically and how to move through the things and teach and plans. But is there also, I guess, etiquette in terms of speech? Yeah, like there's some HIPAA violations that you could, in you know, you could have a HIPAA infraction. Uh, like I'm not, if I know something, like here's an example. Mm-hmm. Somebody's in class every week. Everybody knows her. She's missing from class that day. I know why, and it's a medical reason why. I'm not allowed to tell the other uh, class members that. Wow. Because that would be... That, yeah, a HIPAA violation. violation. So the things you don't think about, there's just a lot of little things you don't think about, but well, and because there's medical information given, right? So. And you can't like, I mean, yoga teachers though, especially young yoga teachers, we love to diagnose, right? Yeah. We yeah. don't, we're not, but we, I mean, that's really we're not our not, job at yeah. all. Even nurses and doctors that are yoga teachers are still not supposed to do that in that setting. So oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah, I've never thought about that actually. So they can diagnose when they've got the coat on. Yeah. But when they put yeah, on the... Probably uh, not a good idea to do it. The yoga this pants. Is not a medical facility. Interesting. Okay. I've never even... That's never crossed my mind. Yeah. I guess I don't... I do know one doctor yoga teacher. Yeah. Yeah. I know a physical therapist and a chiropractor yoga teacher. And a couple of nurses that are yoga teachers. Well, and, but our students are... They constantly ask. They're like... Oh, yeah. All you know, the I've got time. this thing. What should I do about it? Yeah. Um, well... So what, I guess, here's a question. If you have such a ability for positivity and you affect that in such an incredible way, 
um, with your students and the environment you hold and space you hold and just um, the way you create an experience for your students. And I imagine not everybody who comes to Curvy Yoga is excited about being at Curvy Yoga, just the same as, you know, somebody who is at Cancer for Wellness Yoga may not be, or even the same as like a guy that their girlfriend dragged to oh, yeah. yoga, a normal yoga class, normal quote, air quotations. Yes. Might not be happy about being there. Right. So um, is it just, is what's your philosophy of that? I think there's a ton of fear around mm-hmm. it, especially with the curvy crowd. Setting foot inside a yoga studio can be extremely... Uh, intimidating. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually do a lot of private um, classes mm-hmm. in either my home or the patient or patient or the client's home yeah. um, to help them kind of get ready for that. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, being as welcoming as possible and just setting their mind at ease. Yeah. Like you're here, you have every right to be here. Yeah. Just as that person sitting next to you that's going to the hot yoga class has. Right. Um, you know, just being welcoming and you know, icebreakers, making them laugh, mm-hmm. telling some really bad jokes. A lot of bad jokes go on in there. Let yourself humiliate yourself <laughs> yeah, for their exactly. own comfort. Yeah. yeah comfort and really. yeah. And just try to make it, you know, and I tell them at the beginning of both of those classes too, like if you just sat here for an hour and breathed, that mm-hmm. counts as yoga. Oh, so you yeah. do what you want to do and you don't have to do anything I say. Yeah. You showed up, right? That's you the showed hardest up. part. Yeah. The you first sutra. Yeah. Atta. Yeah. Now is yoga. Now the yoga begins, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, what would you like, I mean, what would you like to say that hasn't been said, whether it's to uh, potential curvy community or potential cancer for wellness community or the yoga community at large? Because, I mean, I feel like there's a lot that we don't necessarily have time to dive into here, but, but what are some of the more, like, prescient, like, things that, like, are on your mind as a yoga teacher and doing really good work and, and being in the mix face-to-face with people? I think just get on your mat. Yeah. It can amazing things can happen on that yoga mat that you never in a million years would think that would happen. Change occurs. Mm-hmm. Cambio means change in Spanish, right? It does. It does. Um, and if you say healing, it, cambio. cambio. Yes, right. I know my Spanish is not good. Um, and healing occurs, and that is true. I think at every level, whether you're a cancer survivor or you're been you know, whatever mm-hmm. ails you. I think well, yoga the healing, can help you heal yourself. Yeah, it's profound in yoga, too, because a lot of times we are wearing a symptom from a wound, and it, we're always focused on the symptom. And it's the yoga that comes in and actually informs us whether it's conscious or unconscious of the healing of the wound. Yeah. And sometimes that other thing we've been focused on for so long can just drop away or go away. Yeah. And often that healing isn't something um, physical either. Right. It's something in your heart and your soul or your mind. Right. Because we have plenty of wounded hearts, souls, and, <laughs> and minds. You know, it's yeah. like, what do you do with that? Again, do you, do you be a victim to it or do you, are you empowered by it? That's the choice everybody, we all have to make every day. It is. And it's easy to fall into that, like, why me mm-hmm. question. Um, well, and so where do you go with that? Like, what's... If you see somebody being a victim or... Um, I kind of just let them be there. Yeah. Like, it's not my job to save them. Or fix them. I I can't do that. You just... I got plenty to fix on my own. (laughs) (laughs) I got plenty going on here, right here. 
<laughs> to fix. Um, but uh, just, I, you know, I encourage everyone I've ever met to get on their yoga mat, whether that's in a studio, whether that's a YouTube video, mm -hmm. whether that's listening to a guided meditation on YouTube, which I do a ton of. Yeah. You know, just, uh, just watch a video. You don't have to do it. Just watch it, you know? Yeah. I, I listen to uh, Satsang with Muji a lot of times on YouTube. Oh, he's my favorite go-to. I'll have to check that out. Muji is like M-O-O-J-I, and he's just oh. brilliant yogi he just he, he just opens his mouth and i'm already like feeling better about life um yeah yeah well and i always say that at the end of each class too i hope you feel better than you did an hour ago yeah and most people are like oh i do it's not, that that's, that has nothing it. to do with me <laughs> right it's just them and what right. they've what their body and mind and heart and soul well you showed up for them too so there is that piece there's that but yeah they did the work yeah but you you held the space and you showed up yeah well i try yeah well, and so if people want to meet you on the mat, where can they find you? Yeah, so they can find me at Cambio uh, for Curvy Yoga. We have actually have two Curvy Yoga classes on Thursdays at 5.45 with me. And Deanna, who's amazing, my partner in crime here in Curvy Yoga, uh, she teaches a Curvy Yoga class on Sunday at 3.30. And she's amazing as well. And we're both very different styles, but I think she's a rock star. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. And then the Cancer Wellness Yoga class is at 4 p.m., uh, on Cambio on Thursdays. Okay, cool. And if people want to get in touch with you personally for yeah. privates or anything? My website is www.nopicklesplease.com. No pickles, please. That is my web. That is, everything I do is on nopicklesplease.com. Where does that, I got to ask. I hate pickles. Oh, really? It's a phobia. It's a full-blown. Really? It's not a dislike. It's a phobia. <laughs> is it the... Vinegar? The smell. Yeah, okay. If someone, if they put it on your plate, like you order no pickles, no pickles, please. I've said this like every restaurant I've ever been at, no pickles, please. Oh, that's funny. And even if they take them off after they put them on, it leaves pickle peas the on your plate. Yeah. yeah and I'm mm -hmm. like, start over. Sorry, I'm not eating that. Really? <laughs> so it, it started out as a blog 10 years ago, and now I'm like, well, hey, why don't I just use that for my business? Because it's memorable. That's hilarious. It's me. Well, Thanks for taking the time to sit down and talk to me today. Thanks for having me. Thanks for all the work you do here and all the work you do for all the people who, you know, are definitely underserved in, in the yoga community. So I just hope that this conversation will get the message out to more people who could use this kind of uh, love in their life because yes. that's ultimately what we've been talking about. Love so. is good, and thank you for creating a place that's so inclusive to a million different types of people can be comfortable here at no, not a million. A lot. Yeah. But, yeah, thanks.